Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Would you ever believe if I had told you Trace Jackson Davis was going to score four points, play 11 minutes, that Indiana would snap a nine-game losing streak to rival Purdue, number four-ranked Purdue, Rob Finnessy, an unbelievable game. Big shot. Rob led IU early when they really had some trouble getting going and then came back again with an unbelievably strong finish, and pandemonium broke out last night in Bloomington, the Hoosiers. A signature win of the season, a signature win of Mike Woodson's young career as the head coach at his alma mater, and just some really neat images from the game last night, no question about it. And, of course, thinking ahead, uh, that victory last night, it does a lot more uh, than just snap a nine-game streak to Purdue. It really helps Indiana moving forward in conference play. I I don't want to say it takes some pressure off of things because – I do feel like with the momentum Indiana has, a road win at Nebraska, a big home win at Purdue, an opportunity to take on a Michigan team at home uh, on Sunday that's not been performing at the level I think we all thought. Uh, Some other games ahead, Indiana could go on a little run here and really take some pressure off themselves coming down the stretch. But uh, what a game last night. Uh, What a night for Rob Finnessy. What a night for Mike Woodson uh, for the IU programs. And probably most importantly for the, the fans and the students who have had uh, for a number of years now to deal with the Purdue dominance over Indiana basketball. So welcome into this uh, Friday show. Glad to have you. This is going to be a really fun one. Let's take a quick look at the show lineup, a service of Honeybaked Tam in New Albany. Segment one, I, I thought last night after the game, who would be a good guest to kick off the Friday show uh, that we don't get to hear from a lot, but could uh, maybe help celebrate this special occasion. And I immediately thought of Jared Morris, the great host of Assembly Call, the IU postgame show, which you can hear here on the Big X after all the IU Network coverage wraps up. And, of course, many of you know Jared was with us for uh, weeks and weeks, for a number of years on this program on a regular basis. But as things have changed in his schedule, uh, that regular appearance just isn't possible. Great to have him joining us here in just a few moments to uh, break down this IU win last night, what it means for the program, and so much more. There are so many things to talk about from last night, and Jared of Assembly Call will help us get started with that here in just a few moments. Also, later in the show, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is with us. We'll talk more IU and a little high school stuff with Dylan when he's with us. And then later in the show, always Kyle Neddenrip on Fridays of the Indianapolis Star. Basketball recruiting, we're looking to the uh, girls' state tournament pairings coming out on Sunday, which is hard to believe, 
and more that we'll get to with Kyle Neddenrip later in the show. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And before we go any further, I do need to tell you a couple quick things. The New Albany at Silver Creek game, which we had planned to broadcast tonight, has been postponed to February. I'll give you a little more information on that later in the show today. But that game is off tonight, will not be played, and uh, so no broadcast for us as far as a high school basketball game goes this evening. Also, the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Love to hear from you. I know you're in a good mood after last night's game. Uh, Love to know what you think about the IU win over Purdue. Maybe you've got a question for Jared or Dylan or Kyle, our guest today on the program. You can send them in at 502-414-1450. And don't forget, Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. All right, Jared Morris with us right now here on the Hoosier Report. Jared, uh, what a win last night. Can you believe IU did it in the fashion they did? Rob Fennessey from Lafayette, Indiana, uh, taking all this grief over the course of his IU career. Number one, from Purdue people he grew up with. Number two, he, he hasn't played well at times for Indiana. But last night, he's the storybook uh, picture from the game on the shoulders of the IU players and students as they rushed the court and celebrated Assembly Hall. Really hard to believe. It was awesome. It, it really was. And by the way, it's great to be back on with you. It's, it's been a while, and I've missed, uh, I've missed our chat. So yes. it's great, great to be back on, especially for this occasion. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was, you know, you know, ask, can I believe it? You know, I can believe it. it. Obviously, it was more likely than not that Purdue was going to win. They have an excellent team. But as we all know, there are just certain nights at Assembly Hall that, man, it's just it's hard to come in as a road team and get a win. And even when the odds are stacked against Indiana, they find a way to win because guys step up, you know, role players step up that you're not expecting. Um, you know, the fans are there to give that extra little push. And as things built toward yesterday – you know, it started to feel like one of those days. I mean, I had several people, you know, in Bloomington text me and say, I haven't felt this since 2011, the IU Kentucky game, you know, and it's just, there's certain moments like that that build that make special accomplishments like this possible. And, you know, so that gave me a lot of confidence that Indiana was going to have an opportunity. Um, You know, obviously not knowing what Trace was going to do was, was a big worry. And I think, if you had told anybody that we would get, you know, that amount of minutes from Trace and that amount of production, most people would have said we had no chance. But, you know, what what makes beating Purdue and ending that streak would have been special no matter what. But seeing what Rob Finnessy did made it like a storybook moment. It really did, you know, and I've been trying to explain that to a few people today, you know, just how special that was because I think for so many of us who are college sports fans, you know, the wins and losses are important. They're really important. You know, ultimately, a coach is judged on that, a program is judged on that, and you have to win. But I think what really makes being a college sports fan special is watching guys come in as freshmen, following their career, seeing the ups and downs. And when you see a guy as a senior who has overcome so much, and to see how the relationship with his coach, you know, has really helped him find a new level of confidence and rise to this moment that it kind of felt like he was brought to Indiana for after a night like last night. It just makes it so special. And I think as he's making his threes in the first half, you know, and then to hit that shot at the end, I just, 
you know, he has taken grief from IU fans, and yet I feel like as a fan base, we have wanted to see him grow. And, you know, you've seen these flashes from him, and you just want to see it more consistently. I just I can't imagine a fan base being happier for a player than IU fans were for Rob Finnessy. And it was just – it was joy for beating Purdue – but there was just that extra level of, my gosh, this is more special because Rob Finnessy was the one doing it. You know, about Rob Finnessy, obviously there's all kinds of video, and uh, whether it's a homemade video or whether it's something professional that we saw on television last night, and photos of, of him on the court, you know, on the shoulders of players and fans, and obviously that's really cool. But I'll tell you one photo that I saw, and I didn't see it until this morning, but Cliff Marshall, who is the director of athletic performance, and, and it seems to be from a distance more than that for some of these players, a guiding light, a counselor, uh, maybe a, a friend that can advise them on matters. There was a photo of him and Rob Finnessy, and I think maybe it was Trace Jackson Davis coming in from behind, hugging. And it was like an emotional, it wasn't just a congratulatory, good job, hug, I'm proud of you, hug. It was a very emotional look on their faces and just in the way they embraced. And to me, I thought, boy, that's special because we know Rob Finnessy. I mean, I think about the tough questions that I've asked people like you on this show about Rob Finnessy and why is he not the player that I remember at McCutcheon when he and Romeo squared off in the state championship game their sophomore year. And We've never bashed him or, or been mean to him. We've complimented him when he's had some big shots and had even little bits of improvement. But for a guy that's taken so much beating from fans and even media at times, to see that embrace and to see that moment, I, I know you've highlighted it already, but just special. It was. I mean, I think in a lot of ways last night was a catharsis. You know, similar to, you know, to the aftermath of the watch shot, you know, a lot builds up to that. You know, you know, for that, you, you know, you had all the aftermath of, you know, Bob Knight firing and then the tough years under Crean. And it, it just it crescendoed into this big moment. And I think there was something similar at play last night. You know, the nine-game losing streak, the struggles under Archie you know, a student body that just hadn't had many moments to celebrate and hadn't seen a lot of good basketball. And, you know, the thing with Rob is, you know, the, the, the numbers and the performances up till now have been what they've been. He just, you know, he's been inconsistent, hasn't been as productive offensively as you need a guard to be. And sometimes just by stating facts and giving objective analysis, it can sound like you're bashing a guy, but I've never felt that from IU fans. You know, like there's some guys and, and, you know, I think it's interesting to juxtapose that with Xavier Johnson, who I think has come in from Pittsburgh and really been a lightning rod for fans. And there's some who recognize the value that he brings and have been patient, you know, kind of watching him develop under Mike Woodson and others who seem to just almost be closed minded to the fact that this guy has a huge impact. Well, he was phenomenal last night. You know, he didn't turn the ball over when Indiana needed offense early on. He was the only one providing it. He plays as hard as anybody, and his defense was terrific. You know, and so I think for him, too, I think last night was, was a night when a lot of people who might have been skeptical about him and what he was bringing to Indiana more fully embraced him. You know, and again, that's what makes nights like that special. You know, when the program has been struggling, and you, know, you talk about the emotion with, with Cliff Marshall, you know, the, the coaches, the players, the, you know, the guys who've been around for a while, they haven't not succeeded because they haven't been working hard or haven't cared, you know. And so I think when you have that kind of success, it's like, okay, you know, everything that we've worked for, it kind of culminates in this moment. Now, 
a moment like this, it's a regular season game. It can't be a destination. It needs to be a, a springboard to something more. But you can still have these kind of singular moments of catharsis in a regular season game that are so well-earned. And, and I really think they were. And I think that's the emotion that you see with a guy like Cliff Marshall who's been around. And typically strength coaches play that kind of role. You know, they're not official members of the staff, but the players spend as much or more time with them as anybody. You know, and a, and a close relationship develops. Um, and, you know, so that, I just think you just saw that all over. And I think that's, you know, it was, you know, you knew coming into the game that it was a big moment for Indiana to seize. And now that they've done it, you know, I think the value moving forward, in addition to, you know, now having a big win on the NCAA tournament resume, you've ended the stupid losing streak to Purdue. But now it's like the program can breathe a little bit. The Mike Woodson era can breathe a little bit. Rob Finnessy can breathe a little bit, you know, because it's felt like things have been on a razor's edge for so long, even this season, like since the Wisconsin game, it's felt like every game has been so much pressure, so much pressure because we have to get back to the tournament. And if we lose this one, are we on the bubble and, and all this stuff? And it's like, now it feels like things can breathe a little bit and we can sit back and, and relax and just kind of enjoy this for a little bit. And the program, the players, the coaches, the fans, I think everybody needed that. Jared Morris of the Assembly Call, my guests, were talking about IU's big win last night at home over rival Purdue, 68-65. I had two things written down. Jared, you're like a radio host dream. I can give you a question or a nugget, and you roll with it and make great points. But I, So I only had to write two things down. I knew our conversation would go elsewhere. But one was Rob Finnessy, and I think we've covered that nicely. The second was Michael Durr, Big Mike as Coach Woodson refers to him. 24 minutes, it was a season high for him. He only had four points, but I thought he really held his ground, and I thought he really helped IU. And for a guy to come off the bench and play that type of a role and those number of minutes compared to what he's been getting or not getting, uh, I thought he was a big help. And obviously we saw the the little video clip from Coach Woodson after the game. He gave the game ball to Fennessey, but after he thanked Rob or a big Mike Durr for his uh, his contributions. My big Mike was terrific. I mean, you know, and, and his defensive contributions were all were obviously huge all night long. Um, and you know, he was going to have to play a big role even if Trace was fully healthy. You know, you figured just because of the size and the challenges that was going to present. But you know, we talked a lot last year about you know when Joey Brunk was hurt about how man when you don't have a backup center that you can rely on from time to time in the Big Ten it's probably going to cost you one two maybe three victories as you go through conference play because you know one of the frontline guys gets injured or they get in foul trouble or they just don't have it one night and so I think you know when Big Mike was brought in to fill an obvious need for depth behind Trace and Race you know, I think a lot of people looked at it and said, okay, you know, there's probably going to be a lot of nights when he doesn't do a lot, but his presence is probably going to be the difference between a couple wins for Indiana if, when his number is called, if he's ready. And last night he was, you know, and, and I thought, you know, as important as the defense was, you know, when Indiana in the second half was just struggling to find sources of offense anywhere, a guy who is an underrated shooter stepped right up and knocked down a 17-foot jump shot that Indiana needed. You know, hit a couple of free throws later on. And, you know, so he – and just, you know, again, you know, I think he had two steals and two blocks. You know, was in the right place at the right time, active, uh, and just knew where to be, wasn't spectacular, but just rock solid so all the other guys could do their work. I mean, you know, when you – whenever you see upsets like this, 
I, you know, actually, I don't even want to call it an upset because we were at home. And I think one thing we've learned about Mike Woodson is he is making these guys value winning at home. And so maybe this now can put us back into the, uh, the mindset that it's never an upset when we win at home. But Purdue was favored to win. They were expected to win. And when you're going to beat a team like that, that's a top five team, you know, typically role players play well. And role players typically play better at, at home than they do on the road, you know, kind of buoyed by the crowd and the enthusiasm and all that stuff. And I thought Indiana's entire bench did that. You know, Michael Durr, you know, came in and played great. We talked about Rob Finnessy. I thought Trey Galloway was absolutely incredible and did a lot of the little things that you typically expect Purdue guys to do in this rivalry, at least for the last four or five years. And now we have Trey Galloway on our side doing those things. I thought Jordan Geronimo and Tamar Bates in the first half made huge impacts with their energy uh, when the bench really saved Indiana. So all those guys were just absolutely terrific on a night when, you know, the starters outside of Xavier Johnson and Ray Thompson really weren't giving Indiana a whole lot. And that's fine because those guys will step up in other games. Tonight was a night for the bench to rise to the – or last night was a night for the bench to rise to the occasion, and they did. All right, uh, Jared Morris, great stuff uh, with the assembly call. I've got to go to the Thornton's text line for a question, and I've had a couple texts in groups and things that I'm in uh, right after the game last night. Those conversations have continued this morning about the IU fans and students rushing the floor after the game. Any thoughts on that? And the texter, Brad, writes, is it an overreaction or just students being excited because IU hasn't been that good or won that rivalry game for so long? What was your take on it? I think of all the IU guests we have uh, each week on the show and from time to time, you may be as well-versed and and, uh, able to answer that as anyone. What were your thoughts on the IU fans rushing the court? Actually, I thought about this a lot going into the game. And Going into the game, I was kind of against it for the reason of, you know, we're at home. We shouldn't give the, you know, Purdue the satisfaction of rushing the court and, you know, some other half-baked ideas. I was actually, I was, I was explaining them to my wife and she's like, are you crazy? <laughs> like, why would, like, what does any of that stuff matter? And I was like, huh. And then, you know, you get to the moment and of course the court store made sense. And of course it was great. And it was wonderful. And if any Purdue fans take satisfaction from it that Indiana stormed the court after beating us, you know what? Fine. Tip our cap. You beat us nine times in a row. You have an excellent team. Uh, Take some satisfaction from it. But, you know, for the players, for the students, they earned it. And if in that moment it felt right, then that's absolutely what should have happened. And so I have zero problem with it. I'm actually wondering, you know, what I was thinking in the first place. Because I think, of course, it made sense. Those are the moments – the college sports are all about. If we don't storm the court, Rob Tennessee doesn't get held up on Trace Jackson Davis's shoulders for that great picture, and that will now be immortalized forever in Assembly Hall of this great moment that isn't just beating Purdue and ending a streak. It's an example of a young man who comes in, fights through all this adversity, but sticks with it and has the belief of his coach and has this moment. And that's something that should be there for people to look at and for that memory to be captured. And that doesn't happen if you don't have the court storming. So I was 100% wrong with the way I was thinking about it. And what happened last night is exactly what should have happened. All right, Jared Morris of the Assembly Call. Of course, you can hear the Assembly Call IU postgame show here on the Big X after the IU Network coverage wraps up. You can follow Jared and his team at Assembly Call 
on Twitter and assemblycall.com. It's great to uh, to reunite, especially on this occasion, and uh, we've got to do this again sooner rather than later. It's great to have you back with us here on the Big X, Jared. I agree, man. Thanks for texting me. I'm, I'm glad we were able to do this. Absolutely. Jared Moore is helping us get kick-started here on this Friday edition of the program. Lots of uh, text into the Thornton's text line today. You can send yours in as well at 502-414-1450. Some good ones. We're going to get to all of them here today. Uh, texter writes, Milo Little, a six foot four guard from Finland who Indiana really wants, was in attendance for last night's game. What do you think uh, his impression was of Assembly Hall atmosphere? I bet he didn't see the same fan excitement on visits to Baylor and Providence who are also recruiting him. I thought about that, Texter, uh, during the game last night. I knew that Myro was going to be there. Uh, obviously, we can tell by Dane Fife's two in-college basketball season visits to the country of Finland to watch him play and meet with his family. You can tell he's a prime target of the 2023 class for the Hoosiers. But there's no question that uh, Baylor and Providence, who he also visited here in the last three or four days for official visits, getting three in on this trip to the States, there's no question that the environment, whether – and I had thought about this yesterday. I don't think I said it on the show, but even if if Indiana had, had lost the game yesterday, the environment at Assembly Hall just going to be on another level um, on for every game compared to Baylor or Providence, but especially for a Big Ten game and a rivalry game like Purdue. So for Indiana not only to have that environment last night and the fans to, to have their role that they do on those big games, especially at Assembly Hall, Obviously, I think that had to help Indiana in a big, big way last night. And, and speaking of recruits, I think Gabe Cups was also there, and I'm pretty sure there were some others as well. So uh, obviously a, a good night for IU, not just now, but for later this season as far as their resume goes, but also what it does for recruiting and things like that. That's not uh, an immediate thought in your mind when Indiana scores a big win like this, but it is something to consider as well. A couple other texts up. Mike from Coolridge, West Virginia, a 1975 IU grad, said he says he loves the show. Fantasy great last night. And I thought Xavier kept IU close in the opening minutes and played a much more controlled point guard game throughout. The whole team, great defense. Hopeful Woody has helped make my winner much better. That's a good text there, Mike. From West Virginia, thank you so much for listening. And uh, regular texter A. Wren says, Go Hoosiers. I bet Purdue, as I said, and right on the money, the opposite team wins. Best $10 I've ever spent. I know a number of IU fans uh, that bet on Purdue last night. We'll head to a commercial break. Your texts are welcome on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. When we come back, more IU-Purdue discussion with Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, also still ahead, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back talking IU-Purdue here on the Hoosier Report. A couple more uh, text messages from the Thornton's text line. 
Texter writes, that was the fantasy that all of us expected when Rob was a scrawny 10th grader in the state championship game versus New Albany. And, of course, uh, Romeo Langford and uh, Fennessey squared off. That was a great 4A state championship game with, uh, obviously, New Albany coming out on top. But I, I agree. Back at that point, you could tell Rob was a little small, a little undersized. But uh, I had a thought that four years of this guy at IU, and he's going to be a great leader, a great point guard. And uh, he's had lots of ups and downs moments. There's there's no question about that. But obviously, last night was maybe king of them all, although he's had uh, some big shots. I mean, even in the down moments for him, he's had the nickname Big Shot Rob. Uh, so good text there. Also, another texter writes, and I may be wrong, but I think Myro Little's visits were Villanova and Baylor. And I think the original texture that uh, talked about the environment in Assembly Hall last night for the official visit of Finland player, Myro Little said uh, Baylor and Providence. But, yeah, you're right. It was Villanova and uh, Baylor, the official visits for Myro Little, in advance of his official visit last night. And that continues today, by the way. He's uh, still on campus, I think, through noon or so today in Bloomington. All right, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is with us as we recap the IU win last night. Uh, and continue uh, on a big, big note for this IU team. And, Dylan, I want to start with this. I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but Indiana with a road win on Monday at Nebraska. We've talked about just kind of getting the win, the first win on the road this season, and how important that was, even though it was just Nebraska. Then Indiana comes home and takes on number 4-ranked Purdue, who a lot of people are projecting as a Final Four national championship caliber team win or lose that game and I'm obviously talking before yesterday uh, there's a good stretch of games coming up for the Hoosiers but now that IU has beat the Boilermakers and won two in a row they've got Michigan who's not the Michigan we thought coming in on Sunday they've got Penn State coming into Bloomington on Wednesday and boy do the Hoosiers owe the Nittany Lions a dose of of, of uh, revenge after the bad performance uh, there at Penn State a few weeks ago. And then a road game at Maryland. And if there's another team in the Big Ten that you think you can beat on the road, Maryland's got to be that team. They're, they're just not playing real well right now and have not had a great season. Uh, temporary coach, interim coach, after Coach Turgeon uh, resigned uh, before Christmas. So I guess my question to you to start, Dylan, is – to get the Purdue win is extra big, I think, because Indiana is right now in the middle of a stretch where I think they've got some victories ahead. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's huge. I mean, remember just, just last Friday when I was on, um, I, I, no one even feels like that anymore. It was after the Iowa loss. Everyone was in a bad mood. No one felt good about things. And, uh, you know, now we're a week later, and everything has completely changed. And, you know, that's why you play the games, obviously. They get the big road win, as you said, um, just you just needed to get it, and Nebraska was the per- laid perfectly on the schedule to kind of get that road win before you headed into this huge home game against Purdue. Uh, you snap, you know, the the nine game losing streak against them. You beat the number four team in the country at home. Um, you know, that's another big key of it was the number next to Purdue's name, and you just kind of get back on track in the conference. Uh, and, you know, I listened to you and Jared before that, and he said it gives Indiana a little bit of room to breathe. And I think it's right. You know, look at it. They're five and three in the conference now. Um, I can't remember, you know, when I was at IU at the time that Indiana was two games above 500 in the big 10 uh, in January, in late January. You know, I, I just don't remember it. It feels kind of nice. And now you have, you know, these, these games coming up that could really put you in a solid position. 
Um, you know, Michigan at home, I'm sure the crowd will show out for that game as well. And then, you know, you had Penn State at home. It should be a, a very much a winnable game, highly likely. And then, yeah, Maryland, I mean, they, they're probably struggling as much as anyone right now in the conference. Um, so if you can go in there and take advantage of them and get another road win, um, then, then, well, you know, that's three more wins. You're, you're what, you're eight and three in, in the conference. Um, and and that, just, that just sounds amazing. And you're probably toward the top, you know. Um, so Indiana has put itself in a really awesome position. And, you know, we don't want to get too far ahead of themselves. The Big Ten is, is always kind of a grind of a season, and you never know what can happen. Um, and it, you especially just hope that the high of last night uh, doesn't carry over into a, a letdown on Sunday. Because, you know, you're right, Michigan hasn't been nearly as close as what we thought they were been this season. But I do think the last couple of games they start to play a lot better. You know, I saw them play um, at, at Illinois about a week ago, and, you know, they lost the game, but they, they, they played pretty tough, and, and everyone kind of talked about how the effort that was there for them. And then they, they blew out Maryland, uh, I think, at home or whatever. So, you know, th- they're starting to play a little bit better. Um, they're starting to get some momentum. So, I mean, it certainly won't be a, a cakewalk on Sunday. Um, so hopefully they're able to get that win, and then you have two games coming up that you know are, are very winnable. So um, this is just a huge, great week for Indiana to get two wins, one on the road, the big one against Purdue, and everyone's feeling good. You know, it's really, it's a really nice feeling to, to kind of have the feeling and to kind of breathe. You know, it, it feels awesome, and this is a really, really good point, kind of turning point for the Hoosiers in this season um, because you know you could do something special, and it could be a lot of fun to to follow it along and. You know, I think the fans are all fired up and ready to go. And it was just it was just a great moment last night uh, to see it for everybody, to see it for Rob Finnessy, to see it for, for some of the students. You know, when I was a student at IU, um, you know, I, I never saw them beat Purdue. I saw them lose every single time. So that was always it was always tough. So I'm happy for all the, the kids that got to rush the court and feel that excitement. The energy in the building seemed phenomenal last night, um, maybe the best. It's been in Assembly Hall in a while, so just a really awesome moment, and uh, you, you hope they can build off it, though. That's been the one thing that you know we've always said about this program the last couple of years is what can you do with success. Indiana, you know, it seems like you know they've done a pretty good job with that this year. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm excited to see what can happen the rest of the way. I mean, it, it's been it's been it's been really fun, and you know you hope you know Trace Jackson Davis plays more than 11 minutes on Sunday, and you get you get more out of him, and, and things kind of start to, to to click for this team. So it, it's a good time. And now this week, the road win against Nebraska and the home win against Purdue were just ginormous for this program. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, my guest. We're talking IU basketball. Let's talk about Trace Jackson Davis in a little more detail here for a couple questions. Uh, first, I've had a couple text on the Thornton's text line that are all making the same point. So I'm going to combine them and read this one to you. Uh, Texter writes, I believe the foul trouble for TJD and quick benching may have contributed to IU's victory. Purdue had their defense set to surround and stop TJD. And when he went out, Purdue's defense seemed confused on what to do. And Tennessee and Johnson were able to take advantage of that. Again, that's, that's a point that others have made. Your take on that, Dylan. I think there's there could be some definitely definitely truth to that. You know, I mean, we've seen how Purdue's defended Trace in the past. As soon as he touches the ball, they bring a double team right away. They don't let him think about it. They don't let him, you know, dribble a couple of times and then bring it. They always double it right away and get the ball out of his hands. So that you know, they always make it difficult for Trace to score, and that's obviously the number one thing that they're going to game plan around. And once he got that second foul and he went to the bench, and his teammates probably knew hey, we're probably not going to be playing with him for a little bit. I think it did, you know, create some some times for for them. Because, you know, we know when Trey's on the floor, a lot of times, sometimes it's just also focused on getting him the ball. They're not looking for their own shots. They're so predicated on just getting him touches. 
Um, and it could potentially stagnate the offense, but you know, but obviously you want to get him the ball. He's your best player. So I do think knowing that they probably weren't going to have him on the floor because they knew he picked up a second foul, probably freed things up a little bit, and it you know it threw Purdue into hey, what should we try to take away now? And uh, and he took advantage of it. You know, you saw them go under screens for Xavier Johnson and Rob Finney again, like they sort of like Minnesota sort of did, and Rob made them pay in the first half. Xavier hit a couple in the second half, I think. Um, so, you know, it, I think that there's definitely some truth to that. And you kind of saw it unfold as, as Indiana's bench unit and the other guys, they realized, hey, we have to pick up the slack. Like, he might not come back on the floor in this first half. And then, you know, he obviously gets the third one or on the second half, you know, that, and, you know, they had to, they knew what they had to do to try to play with it because they did it in the first half. So I think they definitely found some confidence, you know, playing without him, um, which I thought it was, was a really good thing because we saw what happened. I mean, just think back to the end of the Nebraska game. You know, Trace doesn't play for the final six or seven minutes, and it just seems like Indiana's trying to just dribble out the clock and, and you know, just protect their lead, and they weren't trying to do a whole lot. And that was just not how they played without Trace in this game against Purdue. They 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 all came out, and, you know, Rob obviously had the great game, but the whole bench just played awesome. You know, Trey Galloway played really good defense. He had some good moments. Um, Xavier Johnson, not a bench player, but he played awesome. You know, Michael Durr, he played great. You know, I just thought everyone contributed and did little things when they were in the game to help Indiana get that win. And it was just it was just fun to watch, to see all the other guys step up and play with confidence and play like, hey, we're tired of losing these guys. We want to beat them. Like, we, we're feeding off the energy from our crowd. We're, we're, we're locking down. You know, Purdue has, you know, the best offense in the Big Ten and, you know, one of the best offenses in the country. And this is the first time all year they've been held under – um, what I think it was one point per possession. I think they've been over that every single game this season, and they were held under one um, last night. So Indiana's defense lives up to its billing, um, and you know I think that's a, that's a pretty good way to look at it. Like without Trace on the floor, it was it was produced all game plan centered around shutting him down. Indiana wanted to get him the ball, and once that was out of the equation, okay, what dominoes start to fall there? And Indiana's bench guys and Indiana's other players. They stepped up, and then it was good to see. And it's something that you know is promising. Maybe that gives them a little bit more confidence when Trace is on the floor with them, and they can start to make a little bit more shots with him. You know, I think it was just a good thing all around, and I think we'll see it on Sunday. You know, how does that how does that kind of carry over? With, with Trace, will probably play a lot more minutes. You know, I don't think he'll get in as much foul trouble against Michigan. And uh, how do the other guys you know respond around that? Does everyone start playing a lot more confident now? It's definitely something to look forward to. So I think that's a pretty good point. All right, uh, one other TJD question. Uh, we know his his injury or painful fall or whatever you want to say from the previous game. He he looked to be a little stiff, I thought, at times. He only played 11 minutes. And I, I was wondering, you know, he, he had two early fouls and, and had to come out. Uh, and then Indiana rebounded without him and played so well that it's a combination of he had two fouls and Indiana's on a streak here, so let's leave him out of the game and take advantage of that. But do we really know what his health is? And is he going to be – I mean, he's going to be out there for Michigan. He was out there last night for Purdue. But we don't know enough because of how the game went. And I guess that's a good thing for IU fans. We don't know enough, though, I think, about Trace Jackson Davis. And is he really going to be able to be normal Trace on Sunday against Michigan because he just didn't see the normal playing time? And, and I, I hate to say it this way, but he, in some ways he wasn't needed last night, as weird as that sounds. Yeah, it sounds crazy. You know, you would never think they would win the game if those were the that was kind of the circumstances. Um, but I, I think it, you know to kind of flip it, it could be maybe it's a good thing. Maybe if he was a little banged up and he didn't have to play a whole lot tonight, it just gives him that much more rest heading into Sunday, and he'll be a little bit more fresh. 
he didn't have to bang around a whole bunch with Williams and Edie. And maybe if he was, you know, still stiff or still kind of hurting a little bit, maybe the foul trouble was a blessing in disguise. And he was able to kind of, you know, get through this game without, you know, getting any more damage done or getting any more kind of bruises, you know, to, to wherever he was hurting. And now he'll be a little more fresh heading into Sunday. You know, I think that could be a potentially good thing for Indiana. Um, so I think that that could be another way to look at it. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, we don't know if he was hurt or not. You know, there were, you know, maybe that did contribute to just Woodson's refusal to get him in at all in the, in the, the end, toward the end of that first half. But again, you know, you don't want to pick up that third foul before halftime. And Indiana was playing well. You know, they went on what, like a 14-0 run. Uh, they were up by 11 or 9, you know. So they, they were doing everything they needed to do without him on the floor. And that was really promising to see because, um, you know, like I said, just when you when you thought about the Nebraska game and how they closed it, and when you thought about potentially tracing in this game, I mean, no one would give me any chance. And, uh, you know, they did a really good job without him. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that if it was because he was hurt a little bit, um, I'm hoping that because limited playing time tonight, that that'll help him out, get a little bit more fresh and ready to go for Sunday. Because, you know, Michigan does does present, you know, some pretty some pretty good guys down low. Obviously, they have the Hunter Dickinson. I think that the, the Diabate guy, he's got some size, but he's not super strong. So, you know, Indiana shouldn't be too physical. You know, they should be able to handle him pretty well. So, uh, I, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, this, this was a blessing in disguise and he's a lot more fresh and ready to go for Sunday because they're going to need him. All right, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He's always with us Fridays with IU basketball, football, and more. And Dylan, girls' uh, tournament pairings on Sunday, which means we'll be talking about boys' sectional at my favorite gym, Lloyd E. Scott Gymnasium (laughs) in Seymour, Indiana. Uh, Not uh, too far down the line. I'm excited to think about uh, high school basketball in the postseason getting here. So, as always, Thanks for your input. Great stuff, and we'll do it again next Friday. Yep, absolutely. I can't wait uh, for basketball postseason and uh, to, to cover it in that gym in uh, Seymour. So I'm excited. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And uh, one other text I want to squeeze in, and thank you so much for all the texts today. It's awesome. Uh, some days we get a handful. Some days we get a lot. Obviously, today, one of those days where we're getting a ton of opinions, a ton of questions. You can send yours in, 502-414-1450. And Texter writes, if this doesn't answer people questioning if Woodson can coach his All-American in foul trouble for points, he figured a way to motivate and lead them young men to a win against a great team. And that's a great point. I'm glad you mentioned motivation because I was reading a Rick Bozich uh, story from the game last night, and he had some quotes in there from Coach Woodson's postgame yesterday Uh, And I'm going to read one of them to you. He said, quote, I don't normally give away inside scoop, but Rob and I had a beautiful conversation hours before the ball game. It was just nice to see how he stepped out and performed. It was beautiful to watch. So we learned a little insight there that he apparently called uh, Rob uh, to a little meeting, an impromptu meeting, and told him he was in his corner. It didn't matter if anyone else was in his corner or not and uh, had a beautiful conversation, as Coach Woodson called it. Some of Coach Woodson's quotes, they, they just tickle me. They really do. The way, that he, uh, the way that he says things is just hilarious. I don't have it in front of me anymore, but he said something about it. I, I'm paraphrasing now, but if, if the bench continues to play the way that they did last night, he's going to play till their tongues fall out. Just a, an interesting guy, fun guy to listen to. He approaches situations and the media is so different than the recent IU coaches uh, like Archie Miller and, and Tom Crean and even others, but uh, just different to hear him 
And uh, he does, he really gets me in some of his comments on his coach's show or his press conferences. Interesting stuff. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with a final segment of this very busy Friday program. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star joins us. We've got a little high school basketball and recruiting discussion coming up. Stay with us for that. Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. We'll be back with our final segment here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back, final segment of the week. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star joining us here in just a moment. Uh, A reminder, fans, the New Albany at Silver Creek game tonight has been canceled or postponed is the right term. It's been rescheduled. uh, That date announced just a little bit earlier this morning uh, for Saturday, February 12th is when that game will be played. So New Albany uh, has had two games canceled this year, the Jeff game because of a COVID situation with Jeff, and I believe a COVID situation right now with Silver Creek don't have any real details there. Uh, But both of those games moved to February. So it's going to be a different finish to the regular season because of some of these big games being moved back later into the year. So no high school game tonight on the Big X, but Jennings and Floyd Central is going to be a good Hoosier Hills Conference boys game tonight. And then Jeffersonville, New Albany girls play tonight as well. Kyle Nedrip, my guest. Kyle, if I've got one wish uh, that can come true here over the next month and a half or two, it's that this Omicron variant hits its peak and then slowly or maybe quickly comes down to a halt and we don't have any concerns as the seasons end and sectionals and state tournament games arrive of postponements or even cancellations. Well, I hear you on that, and and especially important probably with the girls' uh, postseason about to get started with the uh, sexual play, and I know their selection show uh, coming up on uh, I guess just two days from now. So you know, starting to get real for those girls' teams, and you definitely want them to all be able to play uh, with their full uh, compartment of teams and. Uh, complement of teams and all that so you know that's uh it starts to become real once you creep up on postseason and you know, we're only a month away basically from the start of the uh the boys uh tournament as well so at least the selection show so uh yeah i agree with you i hopefully i keep thinking by the end of this month we're gonna kind of get back uh headed in the right direction so c- trying to keep that positive mind frame going kyle you mentioned the girls pairings come out on sunday afternoon from indianapolis uh, that's the signal that uh, the postseason for the girls is around the corner. And the boys, I know as crazy as it seems, and I've said it a few times this week, it's really not that far off, especially the pairings announcement. Uh, with that said, um, what are you going to be watching for as far as girls' sectional and state tournament storylines when the parents pa- pairings come out? Well, I, I think you kind of look for that, uh, you know, we have a sectional up here, you know, sectional, uh, I guess it's eight, which is, you know, the, the Carmel, Westfield, uh, Zionsville, Noblesville, you know, Fishers, you know, especially on the girls' side, that is a, an absolutely loaded, uh, and boys too, really, this year. Uh, that might be the best boys' sectional in the state as well uh, this year. But, you know, I think on the girls' side, you know, 
pretty much there's at least four. I think it's four teams in the, in the top ten uh, in that sectional with Westfield, Noblesville, Fishers, and Zionsville. So, you know, you've got a really uh, tough uh, bracket, and that that's a sectional where you know if you can if you can get a bye, you know, into the uh, into the Friday night semifinal. Uh, that's really going to be able to help you uh, along the way. But, you know, there's a lot of good players to watch. That's, you know, Homestead clearly with the Patterson, uh, you know, and even without her, they're a really good team. And, and Franklin uh, up here is a really fun team to watch with really good three-point shooting. And, you know, Crown Point is, is uh, defending champs, and they've, they're loaded as well. So, you know, it should be a really fun tournament on the girls' side. And uh, I, I'm sure I'll help pitch in with some of our coverage and, and uh, and Brian uh, Hankin, who does a great job covering the girls for us, will be kind of uh, leading the direction with that. But uh, should be a fun, definitely a fun tournament. All right, Kyle Nedrip of the Indianapolis Star, my guest. Uh, you wrote a piece on this, so you can read more uh, at indystar.com slash sports. But can you maybe just give us a little preview of what the Mr. Basketball race is like? It's been a very quiet conversation. You know, a couple years ago it was Romeo and then Trey Kaufman Wren was in the discussion uh, for Mr. Basketball. So maybe it's because we don't have a uber local player that's really in the hunt for things. But who are some of the front runners in your opinion for the 2022 Mr. Basketball Award? Yeah, it's a, I don't know if it's quite as deep. I remember last year uh, around this time of year, and I try to do this every year with about a month left in the season, but kind of take a look at who the contenders are and and kind of see what the separation might be. And I, I really think, you know, this year it's maybe not quite as deep. Uh, I think you probably start with Fletcher Lawyer at Homestead and uh, Braden Smith uh, at Westfield, you know, two two guys who are both headed to uh, Purdue, uh, which is interesting because, you know, Caleb first from uh, that Purdue class last year uh, won it. So it could, could be two years in a row potentially with those uh, two being, uh, I think, right at the top. And I, I would say Lawyer um, – you know, kind of proved himself last year. I would say they were, you know, undefeated going into the regional. Ended up losing to Carmel, um, but uh, you know, after watching him a few times, I think he's definitely deserving of being towards the top. I think Braden Smith. You know, the thing about them is, again, I talk about that sectional eight. You know, can they? They've never won a sectional in the history of their program. Uh, I would think it would probably have to take them winning it, and and can they beat a Carmel, uh, for instance, in the uh, in that in that sectional? So, you know, and I think Pete Suter, because of what he's done already at Carmel, two state championships, he's never lost a tournament game. You know, the only year they didn't win it was the year nobody won it. You know, it was the pandemic year. So, you know, he's fifteen and zero all time in tournament games. So that's a that's very impressive. If they win it again, I can't believe he wouldn't be. Uh, strongly considered for it uh, because of what his record would be at that point. So, you know, I think those three, and then I would say, you know, CJ Gunn has been hampered by that injury that he's only played four games so far. So he would have to have a really, uh, you know, flourish, you know, the rest of the year and probably take his team pretty far in the tournament. Uh, he's got a good resume and he's put up good numbers so far this season, but uh, probably will have to do quite a bit to uh, get himself back you know, towards the top of that list, I would say, um, you know, some of the others, that, well, an interesting name to watch, I think is Travis Grayson. I don't know if he's necessarily Mr. Basketball, but he's, I think maybe worked his way into all-star contention for sure. Um, up at Chesterton, he's, he's, uh, if people don't know about them, they're number one in four a and they're undefeated right now. And he's averaging 19.2 and 6.2 assists. And he's over a thousand for his career. Uh, so at least I think he's putting himself in the Indian all-star discussion pretty strongly, 
Uh, Connor Asigian from uh, Central Noble as well, I think, is a name to watch. They're undefeated in 2A, t- number one. Uh, he's going to Wisconsin and averaging about 27 a game. So you know, those are a few names, and there's more on the uh, IndyStar.com today. Absolutely. Kyle Nedrip, the Indianapolis Star, with us Fridays. Kyle, have a great weekend. Talk with you next week. All right. Thanks, Matt. You too. That's going to wrap things up for this Friday program. Reminder, no game tonight. And thank you so much for all of your text on the Thornton's text line today. Back with you Monday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.